Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, today's episode of Busy Playing Something. I'm your host, Vincent, joined by my co-host, Josh. Josh, how you going? Good, good. Good afternoon. Uh, how's, how's life? Uh, you know, life's pretty good. I'm feeling a bit, uh, bit of deja vu, and I have no idea why. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm useless with technology, and yesterday's recording completely crashed my computer for whatever reason, and we lost everything, so... All right, so we decided to just... <laughs> so I just give it an old run it back salty run back let's do it all right so um i mean other than apple you can find us on spreaker youtube spotify apple's giving us trouble any place where there's podcasts and then our socials are twitter youtube and facebook at busy playing something so josh what have you been playing, playing um, before we go into that as well yeah we've been, i've been playing something but this is obviously the first video version as well Oh, yes. It's hard because we, we, we did this yesterday. It's like we forgot to mention that this is the first time. So, yeah. yeah. Did you want first to... time didn't count. Yeah, exactly. That, what yeah. a disaster. We recorded for an hour and a half yesterday. Yeah. That was a long episode and it just, we lost everything. So, yeah, it was hard. Um, but yeah, I finally got my webcam. I'll say that. So, hi, everyone. And microphone. Uh, and the microphone. I'm using the little Yeti uh, Nano, which is sounding pretty good, I have to admit. Yeah, what about you? What's your setup like? Uh, yeah, I'm using a, a Logitech HD you know, webcam, but I, I've had this uh, blue Yeti mic for a few years now, and this thing's awesome. So it's a big brick-looking thing, but uh, the audio is pretty good. So hopefully now that we've both got mics and, and webcams, uh, the quality of, of the podcast is going to go through the roof, and this will be the first episode that will go on YouTube as an actual video as well. Yeah. So typically I just uh, put an edit together that had the logo of the episode on there on YouTube, which you can find us at, at busy playing something, but this will be the first edited version of the podcast and it would be done by Vinny. Yeah. So I would do the editing editor. for the first time. I've never done any editing before, so it's going to be a bunch of YouTube tutorials. I'm just going to try and just wing it and see if it comes out all right, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I also shaved yeah. this. I had a full beard going and then I decided to just, keep the mustache, let everything else be all natural. And I am so white. Whereas you know my what? friend Josh is uh, very ethnic. No, I'm, I'm pretty white. The lighting in here makes me look a lot whiter than, than I am. I think I'm do, more of a, do you, do you see this? Do you see this? You're bit, yeah. You're a bit yeah. milky, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Uh, all right. So, so what have you been playing? Let's, let's start with you. What have you been? Uh, I've been into the humble good time. That is animal crossing. Classic, yeah. selling my turnips, getting my stocks up. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, spent like four hours on Sunday buying and selling turnips, which was great. What a waste of a weekend, but totally worth it. And then I've been dabbling in—is it dabble? Dabble? I don't know. I've been dabble. dipping my toes into a bit of Mario Kart Eight on the Switch, and a little also, bit of toe dipping going on. Yeah, a little bit of toe dipping going on. And constantly playing League of Legends. That's probably the game I always play. 
And then I'm yep. also playing Persona 5 Royal. So I've got a bit of, I've got a mixed bag, you know, I've got some racing, got some humble good times, got some JRPGs, <laughs> like got, some, got some movers. Yeah. What about you, Josh? What have you been playing? Um, I mean, back on the Final Fantasy train. So finish, I'll be very quickly because I've spoken about Final Fantasy 7 Remake for the last, what feels like five years, but finished that one, which we spoke about last week. I'm replaying that on hard. Uh, I've, I've purchased the PC port of the original 97 PS1 Final Fantasy 7. So I'm playing that as well. And I've also downloaded Final Fantasy 15, the Royal Edition. So I've just started that. So in terms of, you know, Final Fantasy 15, I'm liking it to a point. It's definitely a lot slower than Final Fantasy 7 Remake in terms of that game starts on such a high where this seems to be a long burn. You've played 15 before, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed 15 overall. I think it was a better Final Fantasy game than, I guess, maybe 14 was online. The last one I really played, I didn't play any of the 13 series. Just going to say, I didn't play 13, 13, Mm -hmm. all the lightning ones. I played... 11 and that was the last one fantasy game i really played and i did not like that one at all so going back to 15 was really really good very yeah. very good and I, I think 10 is my overall favorite final fantasy game so what was funny right playing final fantasy 7 the original versus the remake obviously you know the, the remake goes up to the end of midgar and then we'll see a sequel that will change but up until that point even on the original it is very linear and then the game opens up completely so it'll be interesting to see how they approach remake part two and if they will go in a more, you know, Final Fantasy seven, uh, 15 type layout to, to the open world. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it makes sense for, I guess, Final Fantasy seven to be an open world game. I think that the general consensus of Final Fantasy is that it is an open world experience. And mm-hmm. even in Final Fantasy 15, it's not global, but it is wide in an area base where you just, you're Noctis. So it's you and the boys, you know, in a, in a car, what's it called? The starts with an R. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even remember. I need to uh, start. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, Noctis and the boys going around campsite, fighting bad, fighting uh, little animals and stuff, having a having a good time, <laughs> just chilling out, throwing out. That's pretty much Final out. Fantasy 15. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it. So uh, that will be my next kind of big game. I'll, I'll be finishing. Will be 15. So yeah, I'm all Final Fantasy'd up. I think at the moment, but nothing really new to add. Never thought I'd see the day, but yeah, you've jumped on, you've jumped on remakes, you've jumped on, now you're jumping on the old stuff, but would there be a game that is relatively old that you would like to see a remake of, whether it be Final Fantasy or anything in general? Like what would be your dream remake? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I would, look, off the cuff, I'd, I'd say Metal Gear. I think you can either go back and, and redo the, the NES Metal Gear games or even remake PS1's Metal Gear Solid. So either or, I think that that would be the one game that jumps to mind. And and that's because a lot of the games I would talk about have been remade. We've seen Crash Bandicoot, we've seen Spyro, these remakes. We're living in a time where these games are being remade. Look at Resident Evil, for example. But when you talk about my childhood and, and you know being born in 94, PS1 was really my first console that I played mm. I would say Metal Gear uh, would be would be the one I, I could just imagine the hype that would come out of a Metal Gear Solid remake on the level of Resident Evil or on the level of you know Final Fantasy 7 it would be huge what about you that's that's a really hard one to be honest it's it's difficult to even fathom what remake I would like because I feel like a lot of it has been getting done or is 
not a remake, but the same concept has been remade. So like Donkey Kong Country trilogy is one of my favorite trilogies. And because they have Tropical Freeze and Donkey Kong Country Returns, it seems like they've already done that. Yeah. But if I had to pick a game, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, Dreamcast, and GameCube. I get a better GameCube one. Just updated graphics specs. You played as, you know, six different characters. Yeah. It had a cool story. The soundtrack by Crush 40. I think that would be really cool to have, at least in like the better graphics where you can see the textures, you can see hair, see less polygons. Yeah. yeah. How, how would you want them to approach it though? Would you want it like, you know, typically if you look at remakes, this is where it's a bit weird. You look at Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and they're pretty on point. They're pretty much the same game that they were, that it was in the, on the PS1. Look at Final Fantasy VII, it is slightly different. So would you want them to approach it and, and not touch anything and just redo the graphics, the music, you know, the, the cut scenes and things like that? Or would you, are you happy for them to go in and, maybe make some changes to the story, not like the story of Sonic Adventures was anything groundbreaking, but go in and fix a couple of things and maybe redo the gameplay. Uh, I think the gameplay itself could use a little bit, you know, tweaking. That's all come, that all comes down to, I guess, controllability of the character and yeah. working with the tools that you had at the time comparing to what we can do now. Added cutscenes. Either Team Sonic, which is, or Sonic Team, and then... Yep. Uh, Platinum. I think Platinum could do a good Sonic remake. Would be pretty. Wow, that's actually a really good pick. Yeah, I think Platinum would be able to do it right. They're very true to their self, and because they also did Vanquish, which which was a game where it ran where pretty much used a high speed battle system. I guess you know, yeah. you running in, switching to slow mo, and doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a cool transition. It's funny Sega published that as well, so it's yeah, ironic. Yeah, no, I think I think Platinum could do a really good job, even just redoing the whole combat system on that game, and you know maybe completely changing the way that you play that game would be fine. I, I could imagine like a combat system with Sonic, where it's even if it's very similar to you know some of Platinum's other games, or even like that Arkham style hit and encounter type combat, and Sonic's bouncing around and you know doing all that as part of the combat. That could be really cool. Yeah, like you could give him a slide like you're doing Vanquish or give him, you know, his homing attack. Cause he doesn't really, he either runs at you, doesn't really slide in that game. So it'd be cool. Yeah. What about you? What no, would that's be, a really good one. What would be your Who one? would do Metal Gear? Um, yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Look, uh, at the end of the day, I, I strongly believe the only guys that could probably do it and do it well would be Kojima and his team. It's just probably as simple as that. But if it wasn't, you know, there has been other studios that have touched Metal Gear in the past. Platinum, for example, did Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance, and then there was Twin Snakes, which was the remake of the PS1 game on GameCube, and that was done by another developer as well. So it depends. If they're going back and just completely remaking the first game, you know, scene for scene, nothing's being changed, they're just updating the gameplay, well, then, you know, nearly any developer probably could do that if they can nail the, the gameplay, because... You know, the script's already written. Just get the same actors in and you should be okay. Uh, if Given the choice, it would be Kojima Productions, but maybe Bluepoint. Bluepoint have, you know, have done a lot of classic remakes and seem to be doing a really good job. You look at um, Shadow of the Colossus, for example, and, and that remake, and that's one that that has done really well. And that, that studio actually tweeted something a while back that's got a lot of people, you know, in a in a craze where... Their tweet mentioned Metal Gear 
their tweet mentioned uh, Castlevania, Demon Souls, and a couple other franchises because people have been speculating what they're doing next. So you never know. Metal Gear Solid could could be remade sooner than we think. That's cool. And do you reckon it'd be obviously it'd be made if it's getting remade? It's getting remade for the Xbox One Series X and PS Five generation. Yeah, obviously and it's I, too I late for it now. Exclusive, right? It would be a PlayStation exclusive because that first game is an exclusive. Uh, it seems the type of game where it would be like Final Fantasy VII remade, you know, maybe has a year exclusivity on PlayStation first. We'll see. Depends who makes it. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree. I reckon that'll be very, very interesting and probably give me a chance to play them on, you know, with a bit more atmosphere in it that the yeah. new generation of games can bring. Definitely capturing the atmosphere is one of the things. Um, but anyway, Joe, uh, why I say Joe? Um, Josh and I have this little bet going on. Uh, I don't know who Joe is. <laughs> Joe's with the it's other guy on the podcast. Is that, is, that a racial, is that a racial thing? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's Jose. I'm Italian. You just assume my name is Joe. Yeah. Hey, look at this. I've got like a very, uh, this is the most ethnic mustache you'll ever see, mate. You wish you could grow one? Yeah, I, I wish. I wish. I can't grow any facial hair. I'm waiting for puberty 2.8 to kick yeah. in, so we'll see. Um. But yeah, for those people who don't know, me and Josh had this bet going on right now where it's like we're kind of having our little predictions about the head-to-head of the PS5 Xbox Series X console war that's going to happen. And we're going to give our, I guess we'd say like top three predictions or yeah. three predictions. Predictions in general. Yep. Yeah. So the first one we're going to think about is price point and release date. Okay. So I'll, I'll lead this one because I think this is the one I probably did the most research about. Uh, I think the release date of the consoles is going to be around November this year, mm-hmm. and it's going to be for around four ninety nine USD. Are oh, these sorry. both consoles you're talking about, or yes, PS five? So okay, so you're thinking they're going to launch with the same price? Okay, either between four forty nine to four ninety nine. It's going to be hard, but the reason behind that is it's going to be expensive. They're using custom. I know for the Xbox One Series X, they're doing custom AMD. Uh, processing chip and then for the i don't really know much specs about the ps5 itself no mm-hmm. one really does but it's going to be the fact the state of the world right now obviously in covid19 times getting parts and getting you know hardware is really hard to come by and therefore will push the price up of the consoles so it makes sense for them to come in at a higher price point And I think Sony's already tackling this by making limited consoles. We spoke about this last time, how they're having uh, between five to six million consoles launch at launch and being shipped. So within the first two quarters, yeah. Within the first two quarters, yeah. So I think for the initial release, having it within that Christmas, obviously Christmas is a really big time for people to just buy things that aren't really necessities to them. Mm -hmm. So it's a good point to do it around the Black Friday as well. So I think, yeah, around four. $4.99, $4.49, $4.99 for both consoles and they're aiming for a November 2020 release. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll keep this one fairly short because we did speak about it yesterday. So we've kind of already got, you know, we're pretty much on the same page. So I I do think they will have launched this November. There's obviously been a lot of conversations out there. Will they push until 2021? I don't think that's the plan. I think they have to stick to to this year for it to work. But the caveat and what, what they can do to to kind of assist. So these production costs have gone up, obviously, because of parts being so expensive and scarce because of COVID-19. 
So they will produce less consoles this year and, um, you know, push a lot of their production into 2021. So hopefully by the time we get into early 2021 and they're still producing these consoles, these parts aren't as hard to come by and then they're not taking such a hit on the console. So like we spoke about yesterday, you know, Sony and Microsoft typically take a hit on, on these consoles and they make their money in software. I think PS3 launched at a loss at 500 American dollars, which is a lot of money back, back in the day, right? So PS4, they made actually a profit. I think with this console, they'll, even, they'll either break even or will take a loss. And most likely they will take a loss because of what's going on with COVID-19. The, the parts will be more expensive than they would predict. They will just need to reduce their cons- costs because they can't launch this thing. Like you said, I don't think they can afford to launch this console at any more than 499 American dollars. You know, PS4 launched here at 550. So imagine if it does launch at 499 American, we're looking at 700, 750 Australian dollars to purchase this console. So yeah, I agree. November will be the launch point. And I, I do think 499, 449 or 499 will be, will be the American pricing that, that we'll see. Yeah. And we saw how, like, how the sales of a really pricey console affected its, you know, momentum. It, yeah, hundred percent. PS3 for Australia was thousand dollars on launch. Not didn't sell very well. But what do you think about console sales for the first year for these two? How how you thinking? Yeah. I'm estimating maybe let's say around nine to ten million for PS5 and eight to nine million for Xbox Series X. That's yeah. that's what I'm so thinking. So we're talking twenty twenty one. Yeah. So from November, say 2020 to November. Yeah. Uh, well, I think if you look back and look at the data, right? So PS4 was more 9 million units in its first year. Mm-hmm. So I think based on that, we could probably see similar numbers for PS5, slightly less. So I, I dare say they would have maybe eight, eight and a half million units for, for PS5. And then uh, Series X might come in close to that and maybe seven and a half or eight million units. We are going to see... Uh, a more cross-pollinated console launch than we've ever seen before. It's not going to be as simple as the new one comes out, everyone jumps to buy it we, because these consoles are going to be more expensive than their predecessor. We are going to see PS4 and Xbox One still be very relevant in 2021. So I think that these consoles will live alongside each other for a lot longer than they typically have. So that is going to affect how many consoles they sell. So... Yeah. I think slightly less than than what they did. Yeah, PS4. Hundred percent agree. I think the the interesting part is you mentioned that that the the launch of this these two consoles will be slowly transitioning out. It won't be a straight phasing one the predecessor out. They're going to be side by side for at least a, an extended period of time, and then one's going to pull away, and they're only going yeah. to make um, games for that one console. So yeah. thinking about that. This is why I think PS4 has the advantage because if they're doing backwards compatibility, PS4 has already sold so much more than Xbox One. So mm-hmm. people will value, people the, will value the PS5 more because that backwards compatibility is there. And so that's going to drive up the, I guess, the, the value, like not the actual price, but the value of what it means to other people to have. Yeah, I'm kind of torn, right? Microsoft have done really well with their wording and, and they've spoken about the Xbox family of consoles. So they're already starting that conversation about 
you know, this Series X coming in, we, we spoke about yesterday, for example, will they have a cheaper version at, at launch, right? And we were speaking about the possibilities of a digital-only console and, and things like that. Thinking about it overnight, I think that's not happening. What we'll see is the Xbox One current will actually act as the weaker version of that Series X. So these, because, you know, if you think about it, these games are going to be running on both consoles anyway. So you could market, you could re-release the Xbox One, maybe a new look, your slimmer look or whatever, reduce the price and have that act as the, as the weaker version of the Series X. Same mm. thing with PS5, right? We're going to see that cross-pollination. So these games, Uncharted, Ghost, will all launch on both systems. So the PS4 can then act as a, as a cheaper entry point for the PS5. Yeah. So that's what I think we'll see. That's cool. And we spoke about this once again. Uh, we're talking about the, I guess the uh, PS3 had three releases of its lifespan. They had the, the normal, the slim, and then the super slim, I guess. The mm-hmm. PS4 had the standard, the PS4 slim and the pro. Slim and the pro. So we're looking yeah. at, would you say we're looking at, it's gone from two generation releases to three generation releases in the one console lifetime? Yeah. I guess so. It depends on the way you look at it, right? Technically, PS3 had the, the original one that launched with the PS2 backwards compat, and then they, I guess that's a reissue when they took that out. So it depends. I, I think what we'll see is very similar to what we had this generation. We'll have PS5 launch, Series X launch. Uh, there may be a pro that does come in down the... Actually, there will be a pro that comes down the track that's pretty much guaranteed at this point. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we'll have a slim version. It'll be very similar. But I think the difference between this generation or the upcoming generation and this one is the reliance on the previous generation. You know, PS4 and Xbox One didn't rely much on 360 and PS3, where this generation will. Yeah. And it's going to rely on the, um, I guess, the titles that are coming out at the same time and how they're going to handle. And this is what, I guess, brings us to our next point. Like, what do you think the launch lineup is going to be for these consoles? Let's start with uh, Xbox. You want me to go first or did you want to? I want, I want you to go first. I want... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. Look, I think we're going to see something very similar to past, past years, right? We already know Halo is going to be there at launch. And I think we'll see, pardon me, we'll see, we'll see a Forza there at launch as well. So Microsoft have already come out pretty openly and said they're not going to just throw everything at launch. They're going to spread their games throughout the year. And that's a really good tactic. And that's something Nintendo's done very well. And that's something PlayStation is doing currently very well. So I think, we'll again, we'll see uh, Halo and, and Forza at launch. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of what the other consoles, are, uh, what the other developers are doing. So, you know, the Coalition, uh, obviously working on Gears or the Initiative, which is their big, you know, AAA studio out in Santa Monica that is clearly developing a next big IP for Microsoft that's something we will see at launch in terms of a trailer or announcement to get people hyped for what's coming. But in terms of what's launching, I think they, they need to play fairly safe at launch and we'll see Gears, uh, sorry, we'll see Halo, we'll see Forza, and then there'll be a reliance on, on third-party games as well. Yeah, 100%. And we spoke about that before, how Xbox is actually releasing those things on not only... This, yeah, they're releasing it on multiple platforms, which is really cool. It's just going to be digital and physical and then stuff is going to... Uh, Halo Infinite is going to be also available on the Xbox One as well. Mm-hmm. And your copy is going to be able to digitally upgrade itself to a... Or it's going to be able to be used on both the Series X and the Xbox One, correct? At least it's what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so that, Microsoft have got 
they, they announced that it's something that's actually pretty much happening now. And I think you'll see it with Halo, uh, Cyberpunk have already announced that they will be doing it. And that's where you buy an Xbox One version and, you know, a year later you buy that, uh, that Series X console. You put the disc in and that game will automatically upgrade to the Series X version of that game. So that's really interesting. Again, that just goes to the point of how these consoles are going to be run alongside of each other. It's no longer going to be, you know, for the first year or two and then the PS3 dropped off and then we were all PS4. It's going to be PS4, PS5 for, I think, two, three, four years. Yeah, it's going to be a slow burn. To the point where they can price drop the the current lineup. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think so too. And then we go to the the Sony side. Sony's going to have... um, what do you think they're going to release? Like, what do you say? Like, Gran Turismo. The, the, the worst thing is we don't really know much about Sony. They haven't released anything. We've, we've seen a controller. So, yeah. a lot of this is speculation. We're thinking that, we spoke about it previously, previously is that Last of Us is potentially going to get uh, either an exclusive release on the PS5 or a dual release on both PS4 and PS5. Yeah, um, have to be dual, dual yeah. release, 100%. <laughs> yeah, People but, would lose their minds. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it being a launch title is definitely a, it's definitely a thing. It's going to be I the big hard hitter. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's smart. Uh, beyond that, yeah, I think you're right. We're going to see Gran Turismo. You know, uh, GT Sport was in 20, released in 2017, and I know they've been updating that game for years now. I think the latest update came out yesterday, where they added the the new Supra. So they're forever updating that game. But I think we will see the next release from Polyphony uh, being Gran Turismo at launch. You know, you, you look at the launch lineup of, of consoles prior, uh, there is an over-reliance on racing games, shooters, and that's because they really do show what the console can do from a graphic point of view. Yeah. You know, these racing sims look realistic. You know, the shooters look realistic in some sense. So I think we're going to see a very similar thing. You know, Halo launching as a big heavy hitter at launch is huge because that hasn't happened since the original. So, you know, and again, with PlayStation, they, they launched PS4 with Killzone, Knack. You know, they didn't launch with Uncharted 4 or yeah. God of War, you know, remake or whatever. It, it's, they, they typically release on, you know, your middle tier type exclusives. So Last of Us potentially being a launch, dual launch to combat Halo is huge and something Sony hasn't done in years. But I think we will see Gran Turismo... Um, and I think we will see another first-person shooter. So after, there's been a lot of rumours that Gorilla was working on Horizon 2, which is pretty much confirmed, but I don't think that will be a release game. Uh, that studio has nearly doubled in size. They've moved into a new studio to accommodate for their, their growth. So they're, they're, at the moment, I would say, split into two teams. So there is the chance that maybe one team is working on the next uh, Horizon game, and the other team is working on a kill zone reboot or some other first person shooter because that's their bread and butter. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a shooter come out of Guerrilla Games at launch. That might be a kill zone uh, reboot. Yeah. Do you um, agree? I agree completely. And there was something you mentioned uh, yesterday to me about the uh, MLB The Show, that they're potentially going to be doing something that isn't a sport game. Yeah. So Sony San Diego, there was rumors back in, I think, 2018 that uh, they hired a... The, I think an animator for a third-person action game, and he came from Uncharted, or he's worked on Uncharted, The Last of Us, and Red Dead Redemption. So there was a lot of rumours that San Diego was actually working on an Uncharted, you know, side game that wasn't developed by obviously Naughty Dog. So we could see that 
right? We, we don't know. That, that team may have expanded. So that, that's where we're going to see the difference. Microsoft acquiring studios. Sony obviously acquired Insomniac last year, but we'll probably see those studios grow into two teams and then have different outputs. So again, like Gorilla, they'll, they'll have Killzone and, and Horizon working in tandem. But it'll be interesting to see if, yeah, San Diego do, do something else that isn't MLB. Yeah, it'd be cool to see an action game. I'd really, for, for me personally, I'd like Naughty Dog to bring back the 3D platformer and do Jack 4 that we saw the concept art for. That was, mm. But that's, that's never going to happen. No, they're, they're well yeah. past. They, they would, to do a Jack and Daxter game now, it's a step back for what they yeah, do. Yeah, 100%. They're, yeah. they're next level now. You know, The Uncharted, The Last of Us, the storytelling so immersive that it seems almost counterproductive to go back to that more childish yeah. style because we grew up with that going from crash to jack and then there's yeah. so we grew up getting more mature and so did their games yeah so but, but you yeah. know beyond that i think we'll see obviously maybe destiny call of duty battlefield the new assassin's creed we'll see those games at launch as well which is typically what we get so from that end i don't think it's going to be too revolutionary compared to hmm. previous generations it'll be pretty playing it pretty safe except for halo and i guess last of us if that launches yeah a, yeah launch title and just a final question, Josh. Uh, mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win? This is a tough one. So you look back at history. You go back through time, as you know, I often do. Yeah. PS3 generation, we had PS3, I think, end up at about 87 million units sold. Uh, Xbox uh, 360 was about 85 million units. So let's keep Nintendo out of it for now because they kind of run their own race. But yep. looking at that, it's hard. PS1 outsold well, there wasn't an Xbox back then, but PS1 obviously was about 101 million units. So that was a pretty heavy hitter back then compared to 64. PS2 is obviously the best-selling console of all time, 150-odd million units against the original Xbox. Uh, PS3 and 360, although Microsoft had such a great launch, Sony snuck up throughout the years and ended up outselling the, the 360. PS4, Xbox One, we're looking at about 108 million units sold versus maybe 50. I think next generation, we're going to see Microsoft come back, but I do think Sony overall will still will, will keep the lead. So if you look at the past consoles, together they're, they're often selling between 170 to 180 million units in total. So keeping that in mind, I think PS5 will sell upwards of 90 to 95 million units throughout its life, close to 100. I think it will hit 100 you know, as the PS6 comes out, that type of time frame. And then we'll see the Xbox Series X family of consoles kind of land between 75 to 80, 75 to 85 million units. But I think there'll be not as big a gap as this generation, but Sony will still outsell by maybe 10, 15 million units versus yeah. the competitor. But that's just my personal thoughts and I may be completely wrong. Uh, I think I'm in the same, have the same kind of mindset as you. I mean, the, the PS4 has done really well, but the marketing of the Xbox can really resurge it back into make it really competitive but yep. the only reason i think that ps playstation is going to have the edge is because of the the backwards compatibility and the fact that so many people already have a ps4 it's really going to help with the marketing scheme of it all and the transition from ps4 to ps5 that's just why momentum. i think yeah just momentum you, you said it perfectly i think that's why ps5 is going to have the edge but yep. it's going to be a very close race yeah, Microsoft aren't going to make the same mistakes they did with Xbox One. No, correct? no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was a that was a bad time. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of, so Josh, this is week 
four. This is week four Speaking of our of bad first times. month. Speaking of bad times. This yeah. is uh, week four of Busy Playing Something. This is episode four. And as you know, this is the, you gave me a game to play two weeks ago. And yeah. it was an experience. I'm going to say that. It was a very, it was an experience. It was a good experience. Frustrating, but good. Yeah. And yeah, for those so what people, was that game? For those people who don't know, who haven't watched uh, episode two, I think it was. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was Castlevania on the Castle. original <laughs> Castle, <laughs> Castle, Castlevania on the original Come NES. Mm-hmm. For those people who don't know, it was a 8-bit game that came out in 1986. And I played it on my original, well, not original, well, it is an original, an original mini NES that yeah. came out. And I, there's a total of 18 stages. I got up to stage 16. Mm-hmm. It took me about four or five hours to get up to it because the controls were, dare I say, clunky. And if, yeah. I had every intention of beating it until the weird save feature by creating, yeah. I guess, you gotta get out random, of the game. Yeah. yeah that were kind of like emulation save points. Yeah. That weren't real save points. And it forced me to reset my save file. And I'm just like, screw it. I'll be fine. I watched the last two levels on i guess on youtube and they took like 10 minutes which is ridiculous because it took me like four or five hours to beat the game yeah i guess to get up to that point of the game but yeah i am too privileged i'm gonna say that i'm so used to higher end graphics because this game was blocky it was good it was good the soundtrack was good i do love the little 8-bit chips chip tune i really enjoyed that but yeah even on the first level I couldn't tell which was the foreground, which was the background. <laughs> um, it took me, I ran, I kept running straight, straight and I hit a, um, hit a wall and I was like, cool. I was waiting to like somehow pass through the wall. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't realize that there was a staircase cause it didn't look like a staircase to me. And it, just looked like blocks. <laughs> it looked like blocks. Yeah. And I didn't even know till about, I think level three or four that you could hit the chandeliers or the, the candelabras and actually get items from them. Uh, it was just, oh, but I really enjoyed it. It was the sense of accomplishment that you got from beating an old school platformer is something that you don't normally get these days. Sorry. <laughs> Ruby, my, sorry, I've got a little caboodle in the room and she just decided to wake up and start barking. But yeah, keep going. Sorry. Ignore my uh, hysteric laughing in the background. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, we're, you know, we've, we've had a couple of hiccups with this, with this one. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. My Siri just go off? Yes. How rude. How rude. We've, we've yeah, had a couple uh, of hiccups. Right. We'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. It's fine. We'll, we'll fix it in post. No, no, that's fine. Look, and again, I think why Castlevania was the game I suggested, it, you know, a bit of context if you didn't listen to episode two, it's a, a game that I felt for its time was very ahead of the game. You know, you look at storytelling back then was very different. You know, you're not seeing Last of Us style storytelling back in the 80s, but... Even from when you, you know, that first stage, you, as you're walking along before you actually enter that first building, you can see the castle in the background. And it's that storytelling through gameplay that I really appreciated for Castlevania. And you can actually see as you're moving through level to level, the levels tie into each other and you're, you know, you're moving from outside to inside into the, you know, into the sewers outside. So it's actually leading you to the castle. It's not just a random mishmash of levels. So that I really appreciated. The music was, you know, for its time, like you said, ahead of the game. 
um, and there's still a soundtrack that most people listen to today. And but you're right, there is some stilted gameplay there. You want to talk about what happens when you get and <laughs> you oh. decide to jump? Oh, so I don't think people understand how frustrating the jump mechanic is in this game. And you know what? Credit to it, they used real life as an example. If you jump forward, your momentum is carrying you forward. You cannot turn and fall back midair. You have to yeah. commit to that jump. And it made some of the the levels with, with moving platforms and then random bats flying at you very difficult. I remember stage 10 specifically. I think it's like when you go underground and there's a bunch of caves and crevices. The, <laughs> the mechanic of jumping forward and then randomly getting hit by a bat yeah. was so frustrating. And the worst part of it was, is that there wasn't always a bat there. So sometimes you'd get off, <laughs> you'd get over scot-free and then sometimes a random bat would just fly at you and you'd fly back and then yeah. you just fall into the water and die. And that level mm-hmm. probably took me an hour on its own. And yeah. once I got after that, it was fine. But that was definitely, I think level 10 or level 11 was the hardest level in, for me in Castlevania. The boss fights were what they were for the time. Standard, I guess, side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Just keep hitting it. Mm-hmm. Find it's yeah. easy, recognizable pattern. Yeah. And it's fine. But overall, you felt that you got something out of it. It's, it's drawn some interest to the series. You might go finally watch the Netflix series, which I've been raving about for, <laughs> for a long time now. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, think I'm definitely going to watch the Netflix series at this time. Oh, great. I'm glad you're glad you did. And we're actually going to open up this segment to go beyond just video games now. So potentially we'll be talking about podcasts, TV shows, movies that we, we both haven't seen. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll save that one for the next episode. Yeah. That's it. And yes, we are, Josh, on behalf of uh, me, I'd like to thank you on behalf of you. I'd like, you'd like to thank me for this successful time. (laughs) Uh, And for everyone else, we're uh, busy playing something. You can find us on Spreaker, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and then follow us on our socials at busy playing something on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Cool. And guys, this, again, this is the first YouTube version. So we really would appreciate if you could make the time to jump onto YouTube to see how not, not beautiful faces, but faces. Yeah. yeah. Our average looking Australian faces. Australian I do have Italian. a cute puppy. So if you do jump and watch the uh, YouTube version, you do have the privilege of seeing my little caboodle. So little caboodle needs a haircut. Yeah. Well, we're stuck yeah. in isolation. So <laughs> we're both needing a haircut at this point. Yeah. All right, cool. Too easy. Uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Bye. So you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? <laughs> <laughs>